You're listening to Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar for your weekly football news, for all of your football views, and yes, that football banter. One, a Tottenham supporter, the other, an Arsenal supporter, all here on Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. Hello and welcome to yet another edition of Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. Football from monocles to man buns. Uh, with this, uh, this particular episode, we're going to be talking about all the latest transfer rumours and uh, transfer done deals as we are pretty much halfway through the transfer window, plus, of course, some managerial ins and outs. I'm joined by Jeff Saunders because, unfortunately, Steve Kenton, the Kenners of Carl and Kenners, is not with us. Uh, hello, Jeff. Hello, Chris. Hi. It's good to be here. And for those fans of Steve's history, uh, sadly his history of Accrington Stanley from 1891 to 1964 when they went out of business, we'll have to wait until he gets back. Yes, yeah, so for the one person who was looking forward to that, uh, we do apologise, Steve. Uh, he, was, he was the one person looking forward to hearing about that. Uh, no, so uh, Steve is away working. Um, so we're going to crack on with this episode. Let's start, uh, Jeff, uh, with uh, possibly no surprise probably took longer than we expected uh, Benitez leaving Newcastle after all this time yeah it, it did take a long time I think um, Benitez kept kept hanging on hoping that uh, Ashley would make him any sort of offer but he wasn't prepared to offer any more money or a, a decent length of period so everything's hung up until they can well until he can sell the com- sell the company the, the club Right, yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the problem there is that uh, Benitez has hung on and hung on for maybe a decent transfer window, yeah. uh, you know, enough cash to spend. He, I mean, he hung on and hung on, he got them up to, what was it, 10th this season? Yeah, which, which when you look at, that, look at that squad, you look player for player in his best 11 and 10th is ridiculous overachievement. I mean, he's done really, really mm. well. So what next for, let's start with Newcastle, and then what next for Benitez? I mean, many players, sorry, many managers have been put in the running, uh, including Sean Dyke uh, of, mm. uh, of Burnley. A good um, shout, I would, uh, I would say. Yeah. Good fit. Yeah, so let's talk about who we think would be the manager and who, who would be interested in going to uh, Newcastle. I mean, I did read a speculative uh, article in the Daily Mirror saying that Mourinho was being considered. No, well, I don't think they'd consider him, and I don't <laughs> think he'd consider them. No, that's just nonsense, isn't it? It's, that's not going to happen. Um, Mourinho buys big, yeah. and, and you know his success has come when he's bought big, so that's not going to apply to Newcastle. Anyhow, I, if, if somebody bought the club and invested the money in it, it would be a huge club. That it's, The support there is fantastic. It's, a, it's you know The catchment area, is, it's them. And mm. no one else. But someone like Sean Dyche is a is a better bet. There's there's talk about there's talk about Vieira. Oh yes. Who's done well at Nice, so that's that's not a bad shout. I don't not sure if you'd want to go there. Arteta from City, mm, can't help thinking he's he's better off staying where he is and waiting for Guardiola to get fed up with City, which will be end of next season. You and think he'd step up and replace him? Yeah, I don't see why not. Well, in that case, you'd think he'd want to stay there rather than... No, I mean, he is Spanish. He's, he's come from the same background as the people who run the company. The, the club, sorry. Yeah. Um, well, company, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, another sort of maybe bit left-fieldish um, possibility is von Bronckhorst right. from Feyenoord. So he went to Feyenoord. They hadn't won the league for 17 years. He won the cup in the first season. He won the league for them in his, his second season, so it's 18 years. So he's got some he's got some track record. Seems to be good. He was a great midfield player. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously you know got the intelligence. Um, one of the names that was thrown up today was Gerard, which I can't see. I just I don't think he'd want to test himself. Well, look, you're going to go from Rangers, where you're guaranteed to finish in the top two, 
pretty much. Yeah. And you're going to get a Champions League place. You're going to go out, obviously, in the group stage generally or get possibly to the next round uh, every year. And there is going to be what you're going to win one of three cups, aren't you? So yes. you're guaranteed a silverware every year at Rangers. Whereas at Newcastle, you're going to be struggling, you know, just, just to sign players. Absolutely. And to finish middle, mid-table. What's, where's the glory in that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at, you know, compare him to, to Lampard. Lampard went to a championship club to, if you like, do, do his apprenticeship, to learn, to develop. Gerard would only take a guaranteed win position. So he's going to play Celtic five times and he lost four times. Yeah. You know. And but you beat everyone else. Well, Rangers should beat everyone else. So you know, so what? The 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 manager in the Scottish League who overperformed was Steve Clark. Took Kilmarnock up to well, second last year, and now now he's Scotland manager. But Gerard yeah. showed he wasn't going to put himself in the position where he could be seen to fail. Right. And Newcastle need a manager who's not scared to fail because that is the alternative. You know, those those players should you know that team should have been relegated th- this season. Yes, and they weren't. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they ended up finishing sort of mid-table, mundane yeah. mid-table position, where punching above their weight a little bit. Very much so. Yeah, you know, and then yeah. that was what Benitez was given, wasn't it? You're going to yeah. get no money, no development, no nothing, um, but we expect you to finish mid-table. Yeah. It's going to be a big, big shout for any manager going in there. Why would Sean Dyke take that? Um, because there's more potential there than there is at Burnley, I guess. But again, you know, if it, if it's not on the back of a new um, new owner coming in. If I was Sean Dyche, I'd stay where I am. Well, you would, wouldn't you? I mean, he's obviously yeah. you know, well settled in at Burnley. Um, they had a very good season season before last. Started very badly this season, mainly because of Europa League. Again, Europa League. You're not going to get that with Newcastle. <laughs> no. You know, no. So, no, no European adventures. No, not no, going to be in the spotlight apart from being at a club that doesn't spend money. Yeah. No, this, we'll leave Europa League to Manchester United because, you know. Yes, we're going to come on and uh, we're going to destroy Manchester United and their, their rather farcical catch-all transfer policy in a little while. Um, but let's just finish off with Newcastle. Who would want to go there? Well, I, I think um, Ian here, the, uh, who, who used to be the sort of owner-manager here in, in, uh, in our bar, came up with a good name, uh, Lee Clark. He used to right. play, of course, he used to play for Newcastle when they had that fantastic sign, the, the entertainers, they mm. were called. And he's done a brilliant job at Charlton. I mean, a fantastic job, got them promoted. I think he'd be a very good fit. Yeah, maybe time for him to snap up. Yeah. And that actually, for somebody stepping up, it's a good job. Yes. For somebody established or a known name, Probably not, but stepping up from Charlton to Newcastle is not such a big leap uh, as can be, exp- you know, uh, that would be unmanageable. Well, there, yeah, there, there is a, a, a practical consideration that because of where he has been managing, he knows a lot of the players who would be likely players that Newcastle are looking to buy. Right. Because, you know, Newcastle aren't looking to buy on, on from the top table, are they? No, this is the thing. We're talking about, let's move on from Newcastle, talking about uh, leaps too far. Chelsea have been, as we're recording, what is it, 27th of June, uh, here in our bar in the El Zocco Centre, Calahonda, as we speak, and of course it has been the rumour for a week now, Mel Morris, I think it is, at Derby County, or as it is known currently, Frank Lampard's Derby County, shortly to be the club formerly known as Frank Lampard's Derby County, Uh, Chelsea have been given permission to speak to said um, eponymous um, Frank Lampard, now obviously considered by many a legend at Chelsea, um, you know, won so many trophies with them uh, under their 16 years with Abramovich. Um, he's been given permission to speak to them about the vacant managerial position v- vacated by Sari, who's gone to Juventus. We've got several takes on this one, Jeff. Why would they be looking at Lampard? Well, I think the first thing, to keep the supporters happy. He'd be a popular appointment. 
He does have a record, along with Jody Morris, of developing young players. And since they're going to have a two-year transfer ban, bringing some of those young lads back from loan and playing them and developing them would be a sensible, you know, a sensible strategy for them. But for the thing to work, then Lampard will have to be promised two years where it doesn't matter if he doesn't qualify for the Champions League. So Abramovich is going to have to write off two years and say, we don't know, we don't care, we know we can't buy anyone, you just develop these players, and and the the worst case scenario is they're worth a lot more money to sell at the end of it if it doesn't work out. Right. So in that respect, it's a pretty good move. However, from Lampard's personal perspective, if I was him, I would stay where I am, get Derby promoted, and then his value goes, goes up much higher. I don't see any need for him to rush into... The Chelsea job, because let's be honest, the Chelsea job's going to become available in two years. It yeah, always well, is. Yeah. I mean, they've had, in the 16 years that Abramovich, and we know how he likes to, to, to mix it up with managers, in the 16 years that he's owned Chelsea Football Club, they've had 13 different managers. Of course, a couple of them have been the same managers twice. Yeah. So 13 is, is one thing. 11 unique and individual different managers. 11 in 16 years. So I think that job is going to come up again, especially once the transfer is. ban is lifted. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of, it, it looks good for Chelsea. Is it good for, for Frank Lampard? I don't think so. No, I don't either. And Max Allegri is sitting there on the sidelines taking his year off. And so the, there's going to be this, this shadow over him all the time. Yeah. So if he's got the guarantees from Abramovich that he has two free years and he's judged a success on what happens in the third year, okay, you can, you, you know, okay, it's credible. I mean, that, talking of Lampard, I mean, he's saying he's had one full season as a manager, just one full season. Yeah. Uh, finished sixth at Derby County on 74 points. Uh, everybody raving about him. When he took over Derby County at the beginning of the season, they'd finished the previous season under one manager for a full season. Season They finished sixth on 75 points. So one point less under Lampard. Yeah. I don't really see where the progression has been until I started looking at it. And uh, Mel Morris, I think it is, the, um, the, the head guy at uh, Derby County, has said the point being that he has developed... They obviously didn't spend as much as a lot of the other top mm. six clubs. He developed a lot of the youth players. Which is Which true. is your he point did. that Chelsea will yeah. look, be looking for him to do while they can't buy any big marquee signings. Yeah, and two of those youth teams that he, de- he developed are actually loanees from Chelsea who are going back. So <laughs> it hasn't really helped them that much in... <laughs> Well, no, because they're left without them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we don't think Lampard would be a good fit then. What we're saying is well, don't do it, Lamps. No, it, it, it's a good fit under a given set of circumstances. If, but if I was Lampard, I wouldn't do it. I'd wait. Right. Because the job will become available again. Sure. Yeah, so you'd rather be the one going in rather than coming yeah. out after what yeah. is going to be a period of stagnation, a sort of Brezhnev yeah. type era of But, but just happening. imagine how attractive he'd be if he spends the next season, gets Derby promoted. You know, then his value is, you know, yeah. much, much higher. I mean, he can, first of all, command a better wage yeah. and, and his star will be rising and he'll have actually proved himself. Yes. Whereas this, is, you know, it, it, you've, been asked, you've been asked to do a holding job, aren't you? And I think I it's th- not I fair. I think so, yeah. 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 So, L- Frank Lubber, we shall see in the next few days. They're saying they're going to announce it this week, but uh, that's the papers. So, we don't know what's going to happen there. Um, Chelsea have, have a transfer ban currently. Yeah. Um, in today's papers, they are going to make a signing for 40 million. Oh, Kovacic. Kovac, yes. They're allowed to do this because? Oh, because he has pl- been playing for them on loan, is, is my understanding of it. Well, okay, fair enough. I think it's a stupid signing. I mean, he's yeah. not worth £43 million and he's been one of the reasons they've failed to perform adequately or properly this season. 
I wouldn't have him. Uh, but you would have to say if, the, if this is serious and it's actually happening, as opposed to just something in the newspapers, yeah. then the incoming manager must have agreed it already. Well, that was kind of what I was leading up to. That, that Why would you make a signing during the week that you're going to announce, possibly, a new manager, unless you knew who the new manager was and he's gone, yeah, I want him? Yeah, exactly. And I can't understand why he would want him. Well, they are, so maybe... You know, Lampard probably knows the player better than we do and sees yeah. something in him we don't. Or Lampard is not going to take the job and they've thought, well, we'll sign somebody to bring a better manager in or attract somebody. You know, we've made this signing. Kovacic doesn't... I mean, you know, it, buying an Eden Hazard or, you know, some attractive forward, then, yeah, I can understand. But Kovacic, who's... I mean, what is he exactly? He's not really a box-to-box midfielder. He's not holding midfielder. What, what exactly does he do? I, I've, I've n- never seen it. I don't get it. So this is this kind of Chelsea-esque, though, isn't it? In many ways, and very much. I mean, we got, I want to move on to uh, Tottenham and Arsenal next, uh, because Arsenal signings, of course, would be in that sort of vein. So we're cut, clutching at straws. So we're going for comedy now, are we? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're moving on to the comedy section of the show. <laughs> Tottenham. Let's start with Tottenham again. Pen hasn't been put to paper, but it is pretty clear, unless something strange happens, that Tottenham are going to make a record sixty-five million pound signing of uh, Touge. Endombele. Endombele. The, lad, yes. the lad from Lyon. Lyon plays for Lyon. Uh, he has the second uh, highest number of assists for Lyon last season. I mean, just, just three years ago, he was playing in minor, almost minor league football. Yeah. Um, 22 years old. Didier Deschamps, who obviously gave him his first cap for France just last year, describes him as a box-to-box midfielder uh, who will get out of trouble by turning away from it and then passing forward. Something that's been missing from Tottenham. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we got away with murder in the Champions League. You and I watched the two games against Ajax. And in both those games, Tottenham was certainly missing a playmaker and yeah. certainly missing anybody who would pass the ball forward. Exactly, yeah. I mean, he, he, he does look the real deal. And that, you know, that I, I've never understood this, this um, Jack Wilshere thing. You, you get the ball and you turn back towards your own goal. And then you, it, ends, it ends up 20 yards further back with a centre-half who then lumps it forward. Well... Why didn't you lump it forward from 20 metres further up the pitch, you know? Yeah. And maybe lump it quite hard towards the goal. There's the ultimate aim to get it in that area. Um, I've never... I mean, I agree. You and I have had this conversation off-air several times, having watched England very painfully, uh, a few times recently. The thing you want is to get the ball in the box because defenders and goalkeepers are going to be more under pressure to make a mistake than a striker. If a striker makes a mistake, the midfielder there to soak it up if the ball comes out. If you pass it back, you're putting your own defence under pressure. So I don't really understand why England and Tottenham and Arsenal, for goodness sake, aren't p- playing the passing forward game. Get it, get it forward, and then if you make a mistake, you're still in a position to soak it up after. Yeah, you, you look at the great attacking sides through, through history, and, and they all have one thing in common, irrespective of, of who plays for them. They all hit their front man early and fast. Think of Ian Rush for Liverpool. Alan Hansen's only instruction from his manager was, when you get the ball, you hit Rush early and fast. Get it to him. He'll hold the man off, he'll, he'll lay it off, and, and then, you're, then you start playing from 15 metres further up the pitch. Why would you not do that? I'm yeah. not talking about you know, a, a, a Wimbledon ball, a, l- a long ball over the top, and you hope that you know, your big man is going to knock the ball down. Mm. We're talking about a pass. And you look at England against Spain in that Nations League thing, yeah. on those goals, particularly the one made by Harry Kane, where he received the ball direct from the goalkeeper, spun, laid the ball off. Simple, two simple forward passes. Yeah. Pass the ball forward. Yeah, but this is something that it, we've seen 
I mean, it all started, didn't it, with uh, Tiki Taka and all that becoming oh, yeah. a popular thing. And not, well, English managers, managers in the English Premier League have taken that, pardon the pun, a step too far. Well, it, not just that, but they, they completely misunderstood what it was. And Guardiola found that when he went to Bayern Munich. And in his, uh, in his, there's a great biography of him written by someone who's, who's known him for many years. In those train, early training sessions in Bayern Munich, he was going mad, screaming at the players, what are you doing? Because they were doing what they thought they saw. The ball would go forwards out to the wing and then back again and round like a hockey, like a hockey stick going round to the other side and then back again. He said, what are you doing? He said, well, that, that's what Barcelona do. No, it's not, he says. You're, everything you're doing is much too slow. The reason you move the ball side to side is to move the defence side to side because the defence only cover 50% of the pitch at right. any one time. They just move as a line side to side. He said, you've got to get them out of position. That's the purpose of it. Don't just pass for the sake of making a pass. And it, it, it took him a long time to get Bayern to play the way that Barcelona actually did. And they absolutely trounced everybody. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not possession for the sake of possession. And you know, Ferguson was exactly the same. One thing that would drive him mad was his team passing the ball too slowly. Yes. You pass the ball fast and then you get the, you, you the defence moving and they're slightly out of position. And it only has to be slightly for you to get a gap to do something. Yeah, I mean, the margin of error is very small, yeah. especially at high speed. If yes. you're passing it very slowly, not only are you putting yeah. the fans to sleep, you're actually telegraphing it or emailing yeah. it to the opposition yeah, that well they, they can regroup and position exactly. themselves. I mean, in, in any ball game, you're either asking questions or you're responding. And you want to be asking. Right, exactly. So when you have the ball, ask questions. Right, well, Ndombele, he can do that, I he think. He can. I think good he signing can. for Tottenham, 65 million? I think million. very good signing for Tottenham, yeah. They need a player like him. Actually, the Dembele that they used to have yes. on his good days was exactly like that. Yeah. He was a guy who just took the ball and thought, oh, goal, right, we're going that way, boys. Just head down and, yeah. and head for and it, yeah. And defenders hate it. Defenders hate anybody running at them. Oh, Tottenham fans had a name for him. It was The Beast. Yeah. Because he was a big, solid player Absolutely. with a lot of skill. Yeah. And I think Ndombele is going to be the same. You know, let's hope. Uh, we're also up for a player from Leeds, which is a very strange one. Oh, the winger. Yeah, he's a winger, yeah, yeah Clark. Um, yeah, good player. Good player, but, you know, it's a bit odd that Tottenham looking for top four again. I can't see where he fits in at Tottenham, to be Me honest. But strange signing, but okay. back up. maybe he's back up for somebody. Yeah. But Ndombele is the, is, is the headline here. Um, let's move on to your, your favourites, uh, Manchester United. How much you hate them uh, and their current signings. Let's not say their current signings. They're kind of going for everybody. Well, uh, I, I actually counted the, the number and wrote down the, the players that they have, have admitted being in for this season, or in this close season. Harry Maguire, they pulled out of that today. James Rodriguez, Adrian Rabiot from Paris Saint-Germain. He'll actually go to Juventus. Delict, he's going to go to Juventus as well. Jordan mm -hmm. Sancho. Staying put. His advisor said don't go within a mile of Man United. Uh, Griezmann, he'll go to Barcelona. Bruno Fernandes, he might mm. end up at Manchester United. But mm, he's, it's a big amount of money they're talking about. 70-odd million. I don't know. Uh, but how many Man United fans were screaming for him last season? Right. Yeah, none of them had heard of him. Rafael <laughs> Varane, they floated last week. Wow. And, and Real Madrid came back because yeah, his buyout is 430 million. <laughs> so, so Man United backed away again. Yep. Koulibaly from Naples again. His his advisor said, you, "No, why would you why would you swap Champions League for you know for Man United?" Well, yeah. Declan Rice and Issa Diop 
at West Ham. Again, same thing. I said not a chance. I mean, players from West Ham five years ago or seven years ago, um, if they were being you know touted by Manchester United, would have been blushing with um, you know being so, be, being sort of coveted by Man United. Now they're going. You must be joking. Well, yeah, next season, West Ham, Wolves, Everton. And Manchester United and maybe Arsenal are gonna all going to be competing for the Everton Cup. So the, Everton, the Everton Cup. They're all on the same level. Man they're United all on the same on level. level. Yeah, why, would, why would you leave West Ham to go to United? Yeah. But continuing, um, Lo Celso from Real, Real Betis. It's possible they might still get him. But again, no Man United fans had heard of him. Alexandro from Juventus. 50 million mm, it's possible but unlikely I think and then uh, they they went very strong on Yuri Tielemans a couple of weeks ago and they bid 36 million and Leicester said that's not enough I, I agree 36 million isn't enough but Tielemans if you if you're if you're setting yourself up you're claiming to be one of the best clubs in the best teams in the world Yuri Tielemans isn't the answer that Tielemans is at the right level at Leicester you know, Leicester, Everton, Wolves, West Ham, yeah. he's that level of They'd player. be happy to have happy him. Happy to have good, him. Yeah. He'll improve their team. Um, as he's improved Leicester. I mean, he's, yeah. he is d- a definite improvement this season for Leicester. He provides the base that lets Madison make the passes and create the chances. Mm. He's a good player. Good box-to-box midfield player, no question. But Man United? Yeah, yeah I mean, there was a time... You, you mentioned Harry Maguire. Great, you know, very good young player. There was a time when Manchester United fans... Uh, would complain that United always overpaid for players. Now, they were offering 50 million to Leicester. Leicester want 100 million. First of all, what does that say? Well, first and second of all, what does that say about both clubs? Well, I think Man United are in exactly the situation that Arsenal used to be in under, under Wenger. To keep the fans happy, they'd announced that they were in for this player, in for that player, in for another player, and then they'd never offer enough money to get them. And, oh, well, you know, we tried, but they was, you know, it was too expensive. Well, that's crap. I, I, I think that uh, uh, Solskjaer's budget for this, this transfer window was $150 million plus anything from sales, and they've just, they've just blown a third of that on one bissaka Wow, yeah. I mean, that's... A that's a lot of money. Well, let's talk talk a little bit about him because um, people are saying he's going to be under a lot of pressure, but the pressure is going to be Solskjaer. I think that the, I don't think the pressure would would will affect him at all. He's got a re- he's really level headed. He's he's quite special, I think. And I'm I'm sad to see him go to Man United because he's yeah, a what? he's a special player. I'd, but you know the other the other teams up there they're they're sorted in in his position. So yeah, you know, why do they want him? So the only option for him, if he wants to get into a so-called big club, is to go to United, or yeah, pretty much, yeah. Is you know, uh, City don't need him. They've just they've just increased the offer for Walker, so he signed a new deal. They brought in someone as backup, City, Liverpool, you know, TA squared. He's he's there. You're TA not going to squared. You better explain that one. Well, it's Trent Alexa- Alexander Arnold. Alexander Arnold. So TAA. TAA, so it's TAA, TAA squared. TAA squared. Yeah. Very good. Love right. it. Right. Tottenham actually. Tottenham would be a good shout, but would they pay 50 million for a fullback? I mean, you know, if, if 65 million is if for a midfielder is our record signing ever, uh, I don't think uh, Levy would, um, would would pay 50 million for a fullback. No, I don't. No, probably should. I, I you know, I'd, I'd much rather see him go to Tottenham. You know, they're they're a, they're, a, they're a team that would he'd look good at Tottenham. He'll look good at Man United as well. Yeah. He'll, impr- he'll improve the team, no question at all. You know, he's he's led in the top five European leagues. There's more tackles than any other player in the top five European leagues this season. That's incredible. And what in terms of interceptions, he's a number four. So he's, he, he is the real deal. 
some of those tackles he has to make because he's young and you're not really used to being a fullback and he's you know essentially playing out of position and he gets himself in the wrong position sometimes but he recovers and he makes those tackles that's the difference yeah, yeah. so he's, he, you know he, he's great and he will be fantastic he's, remember he's only been playing fullback for just over a year he was converted from an attacking midfield player just over a year ago well, that, that could be the story, because if you remember, Harry Kane, of course, was, yeah. uh, was not a striker to start out with. You know, he was a defender. Look what happened there. So yeah. it could be the making of him, even though it is Manchester United. Let's stick with them, because, uh, you know, Paul Pogba, the story continues, of course. Um, you know, Juventus, the, the rumours that he's going to go back to Juventus, him complaining that his price tag has held him back, uh, all these kind of things. You know, giving statistics there, Paul Pogba doesn't feature very high on any statistics where he should being the most expensive player in that position, being you know so coveted by 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 himself, um, by by Man yeah. United, being you know this great player, he doesn't really feature very high anywhere, does he? No, uh, of all the I've got the Premier League player statistics, and for, for midfield players, the only one of the of the four categories for midfield players that he even gets into the top ten in is arguably the the most important one actually, but he's number nine in assists. Number nine. nine. Wow. Okay, so I mean, the only thing he wants to be number nine in is is the shirt number, isn't it? Really? Well, yeah. I mean, he he's beaten to that position by Callum Wilson of Bournemouth. That's any, an, anybody talking 150 million for Callum Wilson? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, then Raheem Sterling. Well, okay, we'd understand. Leroy Sane, Sane, TA squared, Andrew Robertson, oh, what? the left back of Liverpool. Right, of course. There's more assists than than Paul Pogba. Ericsson, uh, Ryan Fraser from Bournemouth, who there's lots of rumours he's going to Arsenal, which would be a good move for him. Good move for for both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's not 150 million. Yeah, but he's probably a third of that, but he's the second second most assists in the Premier League last season. Behind, Eden Hazard. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that's that's a good place to come second. That's a good position to come second in isn't it behind yeah. Hazard but in all the all the league the statistics for passing key passes etc etc Pogba isn't even in the top 10 so he's not in the top 10 for all the things that he's supposed to he's do he's supposed to do basically yeah. his job description he's not in the top 10 for Correct. among players from Brighton Bournemouth Fulham who've gone down yes uh, they've got players performing better than him in yes. his position that's right and you know we're talking about 150 million for a player that's Performing not just below par, but below his peers, who cost a third or a fraction of his, his supposed well, cost well, price. Well, uh, you know, Manchester United just being stupid with the price because um, when there was talk of him going for around about 100 million, and they, they floated that to Juventus, and Juventus said, We wouldn't even pay you what you paid us for him. We, di- we didn't think he was worth that. We were happy to take it, but we didn't think he was worth that. So, any, any increase on that after what he's done in the last three years? Yeah. There's, there's, no, there's no rationale for it. Let's just, um, before we do, wrap it all up, because I, w- I want to have a little look at uh, Real Madrid, because uh, they've been spending very heavily since they got Zidane they have, back. Yeah. Zidane. Uh, but before we move on, just Solskjaer. Last season, when he took over, of course, you know that so-called managerial spike that we all expected went on for a very long time. Results all over the place that nobody expected from that Manchester United team. They then kind of found their level. You know, I don't know, they all sort of woke up and, and started performing as they had been. He, on a hiding to nothing, they're not going to be play, uh, 
signing players that they would want to be. Harry Maguire would be an answer to a lot of questions for them. He's mm. not going to go there. He doesn't want to go there unless they want double the money. What can Solskjaer do to get them out of this? What is going to be a battle for sixth and seventh, the way they are currently? Well, if, if they cannot offload Pogba and generate the money to, to buy players to replace him, which is going to be very hard, both those things will be mm. hard. Um, how does he get them playing? I don't know. I don't see it. You don't I mean, not, not with the players they've got. And no. It's going to be a tough season for them. I think it's, it's going to be a very tough season. I mean... Of the players that Manchester United, since 2000, the end of the 2015 season, they've spent £705 million on players. £705 in the last four in. years. Yeah. And uh, Mourinho spent £95 million on three defenders that he refused to play. Bailey, Lindelof and Delo. Now, Lindelof was their best player last season. By the way, yeah. So, uh, I mean, he's... So, OK, so, so he's in your, one of your centre-backs. But you need another one, and who is it? And they're struggling to struggling to replace, well, trying to struggling to get one. And then they've given increased increased deals to the Jones and the other clown who is in there, <laughs> who, who couldn't make it into the Charlton first team before Man United bought yeah. him. So you know, Smalling, that's the guy. Smalling, yes, yeah. But they're they're suffering now from from their history. There's nine players: Herrera, Rojo, Jones, Bailey, Lindelof, Shaw, Darmian, Fellaini, and Smalling. They paid two hundred thirty million pounds for for that lot. But their wow. buyout, their buyout fees totaled 117 million so why did Manchester United pay 111 more than the buyout fees for these players so this is dare I say it's suspicious it's extremely suspicious yeah yes yeah this so is this thing about Man United players as I said earlier uh, com- Man United fans complaining that they because they're United they have to pay more for players than anybody else no, would. it's a nonsense if if there's another reason for it if there's if there is a buyout fee then they can offer that, and if the player wants to go, he goes. Yeah, the, 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 the club can't stop him leaving, yeah. yeah. So you have to ask the question, why, why have they consistently paid mm. 50% over the odds? Something to do with agents, uh, I, I suspect. There's something I would to imagine do with it. so, yeah. 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 We will discuss that at length on another podcast. Yeah. Let's uh, move on. But uh, Real yes. Madrid. Yes, Real Madrid. I mean, t- to link it to Manchester United, the, the value of the Real Madrid squad now is £784 million. The value of the Manchester United squad is, is shown by Manchester United to be over £800 million. And how does that work out? Yeah, so that, that Real Madrid squad is £100 million worse or cheaper well, than what Man Well, it makes United no sense at all. I mean, Real Madrid, they bought, in, the, in this window so far, they bought Hazard for 90 Jovic for 54, which has got to be the bargain of the season. Really, yeah. Jovic for 54 million is a... Ch- I mean, that's absolutely incredible signing. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Militao than Harry Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> Militao for 45 million. He's centre back from Porto. Mendy, uh, the other Mendy, not the one that plays for Manchester City. Uh-huh. The left back from Lyon. Rodrigo, who's a winger, plays for Santos. He's come in for 40 million. Plus. Eight players coming back from loan this at the end of the season, including James Rodriguez from Bayern Munich mm-hmm. and Kovacic from Chelsea. So, you know, you, you look through that Real Madrid squad and you can see value everywhere. You know, every, every single player in that squad is a really top-class player. And then you look at Manchester United and you think, well, where, where is the 800 million here? You take 150 off for, for Pogba, I suppose. Well, um, no, I mean, yes, they're, they're saying 150, but it's 150 is a joke. Yeah, there's no way. Eden Hazard went for 90. So there's your market price there. Yeah, so Pogba 65, 70. Yeah. Really, if you, you know, if you're going to compare it to Hazard. Which is what Juventus think he's worth. Yeah. So 
that that Man United squad are heavily overpriced. Yeah. And certainly, if you if you were to get that Real Madrid team that you've just quoted against the current Manchester United team, and you put them in a game, you know, best of five, United would uh, would, would would win one maybe out of the five. Probably not even that. Yeah, not even that. Mm. Uh, yeah, you know, do you think Chris Smalling and all that? It's 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 not the Man United team of old. Alex Ferguson, you know, would would never have had. I, in the transfer market or in his first eleven, I don't think he would have played many of those current players. No, although you know he did buy he did buy Jones. True enough, he did. Yeah, yeah but that, that you know to be fair, that was at a time when you know Jones at Blackburn was a, a young up and coming centre back, and people were saying, yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's he's good. He's you know he's okay. So why not? There's a great quote about. Manchester United in the papers last couple of weeks said what are Manchester United they've become a half-baked superstar vehicle the China of the Premier League a convalescent home for basking stars manacled by their own wages that's beautiful I think that sums it up perfectly do you want to give credit to who where that comes from well it it came from the Guardian one of their writers but But I can't remember which one but that's brilliant there's there's another one which is a bit more cruel which says I suppose sometimes you're a team fueled by mythology and enchantment and the promise of salvation and sometimes you're a team in the Champions League quarter-final playing Phil Jones in defence. <laughs> I'm afraid that, or maybe not afraid, I mean, you're, you're rather enjoying it. But, um, yeah. you know, this it, it's a completely different Manchester United. It's like sort of pre, it's like a pre-Alex Ferguson United. Well, They've gone back yeah. to where they were. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, the, the, if, if you want to know the point at which it changed, it was the point where they, where they bid for Bastian Schweinsteiger from, from Bayern. Right. Why is the self-proclaimed best club in the world buying a reject from Bayern Munich? Yeah. Bayern Munich wanted him out. They brought in Vidal to replace him and were looking for someone to sell. Now, if you're the top team in the world, why weren't you in for Vidal? Yes, actually, you should be going for the player they yeah. want to replace their old, tired, no longer of any use player. No, he wasn't, cast-offs. wasn't no longer of any use, but he was past his best. So what's he doing at a, at a club that claims to be one of the top clubs in the world? Shouldn't be there. It's like you said there, the, you know, the, the China of, etc. Manchester United. I watched uh, yesterday or this morning, uh, Wayne Rooney scoring, ex of course Manchester United, Wayne Rooney scoring an absolutely incredible goal, for, goal from within his own halfway yeah. line for uh, the American uh, team he plays for. And I was thinking, well, you know, that's the level he's found himself at. Yes. But, you, you, could, you know, to, to in praise of you, Rooney, you still have to get the... But the net is still the same size and the same distance away. Um, the goalkeeper was off his line, so it's a fabulous goal. But Manchester United are sort of in that position of Wayne Rooney now. Yes. Or, you know, or they're, pl- they're buying players of the Rooney ilk or level that he is at now. It does seem that they are, they are the new sort of... Um, well, Washington yeah, I DC. mean... Yeah, if you look at the players that that they are seriously looking to buy at the moment, David Brooks from Bournemouth. Good grief. Max Ahrens, a defender from Norwich. From Norwich, ladies Sean and gentlemen. Lang- Sean Longstaff, midfielder for Newcastle. Now, Longstaff, I think, is a good player. But, but is he Manchester United good? And when I say, is he Manchester United good, I mean the image that Manchester United have of themselves. The image they, they have of themselves. You know, how many Man United fans... Six months ago, I was saying, oh, God, we're going for Sean Longstaff. <laughs> yeah. Really, I mean, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a sad state of affairs. And talking of which, finally, uh, we'll just move on very briefly, uh, because, of course, Steve Kenton of Carl and Kenners is an Arsenal fan. Um, sorry, Steve, you know, 
crosses to bear and all that. Arsenal in the transfer window. Not a lot happening. They've been linked to a few players. Tierney from, was it Celtic? Yeah. Um, I don't think that, I mean, that, you know, the rumours are going around the papers the last few days about and, him. And Fraser from Bournemouth. And Fraser from Bournemouth. So are Arsenal now in, uh, uh, in the same position as Manchester United? Very similar position, yes. Very similar. So who would we, look, we're looking, let's before, round it up now. Uh, there's Arsenal. Wolves, Everton and Manchester United and West Ham, you said are all going to be competing for the same... For the Everton Cup, yeah. The Everton Cup, which is, you know, sixth place to finish. Seventh place. Seventh place finish, do apologise. Yes, apologise to Wolves, who are going to finish sixth. Top seven, then. How's it going to look? Well, well, I I think you can perm, you know, any one from that lot. I can only see decline for Manchester United. They're, they're, They're a poor team. There's no structure that... To the team, there doesn't appear to be any structure behind the scenes to create a new team, and they've got their highest-paid players don't want to be there. Right. So it doesn't look very good. Arsenal. Okay, if they bring in Fraser, that's a good buy. They've got two very good forwards if they can hold on to them, Lacazette and Aubameyang. Very good players. Um, they're going to lose Lucas Torreira to Italy imminently. I mean, the, the deal has been you know it's been talked about for a week and a half now, so he's mm. going to go. And he was one of their bright spots last year, I thought right, Torreira. Yeah. So it's just it's a load of questions and but the things Arsenal need are the things Arsenal have needed for the last seven or eight years they need the spine of the team yes and you know it's going to cost them money I mean it was the, I saw an Arsenal fan complaining on Twitter which is always nice to see uh, today saying that you know the position that Arsenal are in is that their rivals biggest rivals emotionally at least Tottenham have uh, just bought a midfielder or buying a midfielder for 65 million that would fit in the Arsenal team and he's actually at 65 million is the entire Arsenal budget for transfers yeah. that's where they're at now yeah exactly and uh, I think the, the I've said said before on on the radio show and I think I said before on one of the earlier pods that the owners of these top teams now they're not interested in winning anything. The, mm. the win for them is, is a financial win, and you get that by getting into the Champions League. Top four, they don't care about winning. No, it's getting there and, and it's earning getting the money. There yeah. And earning that money is the thing that they want more than anything else. Yep. Now, Arsenal have played this game for a long time, and Wenger was very, very good for them in always getting them into it, and, the, and, the, they, he ne- and never having the money to produce a team that would win it. Yeah, but he got the because, top four trophy. You know, because how much more money is there in winning it? I don't, I don't know the the prize money is for being champions to second place. Yeah. But but to them, it's not worth spending another hundred million on a couple of players to get it. To get eighty million in prize no. money or whatever so, it is. Yeah. So just being in the top four is the thing. Now it comes back to bite Arsenal. It's coming back to bite Manchester United because they don't have the money to get into it. And money is what gets you there. And exactly. and it always has since the Premier League started. The team that spends the most money wins. That's it. Well, yeah. They, I mean, apart from very odd occasions, a bit like with Leicester. Well, Leicester was the exception. Yeah, there's and always and an exception, and which proves the rule proves you've the just rule, stated. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much all we've got time for for this episode. I'm Chris Carl. This was Carl and Kenners. Uh, big thank you to Jeff Saunders. Thank You're you, welcome. Jeff. Enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at, uh, at Carl and Kenners, capital K, capital K. Uh, we'll be back with more football gossip and rumours and football history next time on Carl and Kenners Hitting the Bar. Football from monocles to man buns. You're listening to Carl and Kenners 
Hitting the Bar for your weekly football news for all of your football views and yes that football banter one a Tottenham supporter the other an Arsenal supporter all here on Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar.